This is a secret live transmission. Today's lessons, what is a square mile distance for me and other MCs with style and persistence? Today's sessions, what's a square mile distance for me and other MCs with style and persistence? Know the difference, how I sit in this powerful position, listening to claim that they legends, fronting like they Nikola Tesla. Technology change the game, I'm an investor. But my soul ain't for grabs, robo-cops, they want patrol in the ass. put on cam to match you to smack now I up take the cam on a macro When I'm in the kitchen whispering about stupid ass politicians My smartphone's listening The climate change conditions went Just like I'm smoking a pack a day But never nicotine know the air quality is sickening For sure I put it on wax like a pickering They still in our body parts as Jones and Monchin Check my beautiful matte black Kevlar suit suitable for a war with hazmat The Nasdaq and big pharmaceutical Ex-military, military grade Ballistic expert with blood under my cuticles You already know the issues The American atrocities So when you squeeze gas I shoot at the drums with shoulder missiles Get them a motherfucking gangsta in silence for the record. Uh, tell the world. 
our pride was low Looking at the world like where do we go Nigga, and we hate poor poor Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Huh? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright What you want? You a house? You a car? 48 acres and a mule? A piano? A guitar? Anything? See, my name is Lucy I'm your dog Motherfucker, you can live at the mall I can see the evil, I can tell it I know it's illegal, I don't think about it I deposit every other zero Thinking of my partner, put the candy pen in on a Rico Digging in my pocket, in a profit Big enough to feed you every day my logic Get another dollar just to keep you in the presence of your Chico ah! I don't talk about it, be about it Every day I seek you If I got it, then you know you got it Heaven, I can reach you Pet up, pet up, pet up, pet up, that's all Big back and chat, I shut the back for y'all I rap, I black on tracks, so rest assured My rights, no wrongs, I'm right till I'm right with God When you know, leaving We hate poor poor, wanna kill us dead in the street for sure Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Huh? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment. Resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self destruct.
Let's delete the politics so real hip-hop can live Beef is what's up now, careers are getting shut down The media wants something meaty People are f***ing greedy, music and culture is like a foreign language You'd be better off staging a fake beef in Spanglish Compadre, can you handle the whole weight? Ideal skills, watch them swallow your whole plate You used to support your fam off of this Now you can't even buy spam off of this And I don't deal with swine I ain't Dr. Phil, I'll truly help you heal your mind Nowadays it's like everybody's losing it Instead of them preserving this gift, they're all abusing it It's mad drama, they want us reaching for the llamas Causing hysteria, the new hip-hop criteria And they forgot about the blood, sweat, and tears Now we see the results of all the brunch, chicks, and beers Word to God, if Big and Pac was still here Some of these weirdos wouldn't act so cavalier We all know that the game has changed It's crazy out here, rap's got a bad name Think about it, what if bling never happened And the true artists were getting rich from rapping Word to God, something should give. Let's delete the politics so real hip hop can live. live, live, live. I, 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 I hate telling good people bad news. Bad news. I, I, hate, I hate telling good people bad news. Bad news. Tasty, mm, yummy, tasty. Mm, yummy, tasty. Waffles on my empty. 
to pee, bitches just really lazy Maybe I'm a hypocrite, maybe I'm hypochondriac I'm struggling to simmer down, maybe I'm an insomnia black Bad sleep triggered by bad government But I think peace and the rats on the new age covenant If you really think I'm cooking crack and pass me the oven Miss Captain, watch a little bitch, you go crunch and wonder how everything happened My people started fighting a long time ago And they are still fighting Revolution was never meant to be easy This is not your fight, black man Political, mythical in the picture Your nigga just moved to wicker Your mammy stay on the south side She paid to clean your house Power pine saw, baby To the scrub club lady She that naked bitch in videos A drunk club lady Immortalize all 80s That I means she real, real nasty Get off thoughts on her person She be real, real blacky Just like a Hillary Clinton Who masqueraded the system Who chicken bone Watermelon trade a hoodie For hipster infatuated the menstrual When we cool, they cool We die as cool We super fly indigenous I hop to the moon We brought the movies to America Still come as home Do you hear me, man? Do you understand? I am black. I'm a nigga. Do you understand me? I was born black. I live black. And I'm gonna die probably because I'm black. Because some cracker that knows I'm black better than you, nigga, is probably gonna put a bullet in the back of my head. Me and my new cage, steady blowing weed smoke I'm a woman who can teach you a little something about class Diamonds will forever be a girl's best friend Everything's imperative for the way I live I know it's material but not irrelevant All this here is works for, not inherited Told myself I break my niggas up but never did Self-loving, need more self-loving That's how it goes, they wanna know you when you're buzzing The first things first, number one, I'm priority Only what you want, doesn't phase, doesn't bother me, honestly Everything in this divine turn I peeped, you couldn't handle a woman in my kind of bar Had to let you mature like some fine wine Yeah 
No validation, no applause You don't have to prove you got it when you know it's yours I don't wanna feel disloyal for wanting to do me Then you act brand new when I know the cause Wait, call it what you like Till now I'd never been the selfish type Till now I'd never told nobody no Don't get it twisted, this shit didn't happen overnight Still if your life is amazing, what you got to fear Can't be concerned about what they're saying up there I make it clear, don't be in and about what you hear They say I always get what I want and it isn't fair But life isn't fair, go I can't sleep at night I don't wanna fight My best friend is I I'm so selfish
get you the wish. Lil' funky mom. Politicking with my clicking, gotta wonder if I'ma get it pop. I'ma get it pop. Run up to the disc, I can tell the play something, make me shake my body. Slide grown thing. Run away, sis, with a boss attitude and a black name. Where my girls at? Where Felicia and Aisha and Keisha and Michelle and Shanique Tem que 
se ligar em mim Se tu não tá na boa, bicho, procure se inteirar A trans é muito boa, bicho, quem boia vai dançar Procure se inteirar A trans é muito boa, bicho Quem boia vai dançar How you feel? Doing great. I mean to feel good eating from a full plate. Cause I remember days when the nigga had to scrape. Dropping down to both knees, begging God for a way. Took some my job to put salmon on the plate. Contemplating moving dope to make sure my pocket's straight. Mom used to tell me he don't make no mistakes. Son, swallow your pride. I'm just trying to find a place. Doing Uber pickups, they don't recognize the face. And that's bittersweet. Trying to reconcile the fact that I never sleep. With a dry Jeff Gordon, we'll be proud of. Make sure to bounce back louder. Common sense like God. Powder, confident showers. I continue adding up all the hours. Ten thou, twenty thou, forty now. I'ma keep adding up till I'm in the ground. Stress on the mainframe Doing what I gotta do to try to maintain I was going through a storm and asked the Lord why And when he finally brought me out I asked the same thing Survivor's guilt cause I was built A little different in the ride with my eyes until Made a little change Finally got my credit right with Equifax Got a nigga feeling like he found a tesseract Blackness. Yeah, I got success and stress to match Cause peace of mind really comes with a check attached But hopefully when you find yours It'll be to die for One trick ponies don't get a second act So many times a nigga thought he was over for From the springs to the borough To the things I've been dreaming of Since 97 bumping the war report A shout out to my loved ones Thanks for your support
Phone check. Aha! There we go. You are now on board. The even more underground is 
Is Mercury in retrograde? I got to check with my mom. <laughs> Everything's a little off today. Can we get uh, anyone in the chat room up on that? Got any uh, any astrologians in the <laughs> chat room? It ended. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. A week and a half ago. All right. We have been listening to some brand new music. Starting off with uh, Bad Name from Gangstar from the brand new Gangstar album. One of the best yet. We heard Blaxploitation from No Name. Selfish from Little Sims. Sonny Jr. from Black Milk featuring Robert Glasper and Doyle. Michelle from uh, Rhapsody's latest record. Uh, Podes Creer Amizad from Tony Tornado. Legendary Brazilian singer, Brazilian funk icon. If you if you look up Tony Tornado on uh, YouTube, there are all kind of clips of him going in. Whew, I have to do that. That sounded great. It's, it's spelled like tornado. Right on time from Little Brother. Uh, Cycles featuring Hiatus Coyote from Shafiq Hussein. And, of course, Home is Where the Hatred is, the classic Exther Phillips remake of the Gil Scott Heron track. One of the most powerful songs about heroin addiction, uh, which Esther Phillips having uh, recovered from heroin addiction picked up on that song and said this had to be written by someone who knows and has been through it and that's one of the most powerful uh, tracks of that era it's one of the best breaks yeah and one of the deepest tracks even beyond that and then we played a little bit of uh, Black Savage the new Royce 5-9 track which I appreciate a lot but not enough to let the T.I. verse go I listened to it yesterday. I feel I'm sorry, you. Ti. You can go take some remedial biology classes <laughs> and come back to us. Maybe we can uh, we can talk about that song too because you know that song's part of the uh, NFL's Inspire Change Initiative. No, it is. It really is. Don't ruin the rest of the song. <laughs> sorry. Really? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Yes. Everything gets milkshake ducked. Yeah. Exactly. And we have a very special guest. This evening, once again, we have Carla Murphy, my one-time colleague at Color Lines and Race Forward. Hi. So what have you been up to since uh, the Color Lines days? Oh, my God. You want me to catch you up on like three years? I mean, whatever you (laughs) consider the highlights. Oh, God, the highlights. There have been a lot of struggles since then. So we're going to skip just to... um yeah, no, I'm back in journalism now as an essayist, not as a reporter, which is a big change for me. I'm adjusting. So, yeah, so what, what is the adjustment there? What are the pros and cons of essayist versus hard journalist? So, I guess the pro for me right now is feeling kind of free because I can use my eye. You know what I mean? Like, as a reporter, you have to be objective and you have to kind of sit back. Um, and now I get to say, I feel, I think. I, you know, um, the cons about that and what I'm still struggling with is um, how much of my own personal story to share with the world and opening myself up in that way. Um, And I'm still, um, I'm working on it. I'm getting there. But um, that part is the most difficult. I think reporting allows you to kind of not hide. That's not the word. But reporting allows you to kind of separate a bit. Whereas now with an essay, 
I feel like I'm putting myself and my life more out there. Right. It's up to you to decide the boundaries of how much of yourself is shared. Yeah. And then the other thing is that um, I don't really trust news media. I come from a poor background. And I don't really trust news media to talk about um, people like me um, in ways that have dignity necessarily. That makes sense. And one of your most recent pieces that's gotten a lot of attention was published at dissentmagazine.org and it was entitled Why We Need a Working Class Media. Was it uh, that sort of sentiment that uh, inspired that piece? It was one of them, yeah. Um, I'd been thinking about it for a long time. Um, and it was one of those things where when I sent off the pitch and I wasn't really sure, I sent off the pitch to the editor and I wasn't really sure that an editor would be interested. And then the editor at Descent, Natasha was like, yeah, let's do it. And I had one of those moments where I was like, fuck, I got to write this thing. Right. Like (laughs) it's one thing to have it in your head. Right. And then to have to actually write the thing down. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it comes from, I think one of the, it definitely comes from feeling anger at how I see, um, mainstream media or even progressive media sometimes talking about the working class and framing the working class just as a white male factory worker. Um, when the working class is extremely diverse, extremely heterogeneous, um, you know, comprised definitely of a growing part of it is um, low income women of color, but you rarely see that person repping the working class in the news stories. So yeah, it came out of anger. Like, I don't know if you remember this, if you remember the story from 2015, there was one, one story I gave in the um, essay where um, there was a black guy in Detroit who I think it was like the Detroit free press wrote an article. It was called like, Basically, he was walking 23 miles to work to and from every single day to his factory job in like some outer suburb. Mm-hmm. And this story went viral. Like, you know, the morning shows covered it. And when I read that story, it pissed me off. Right. Because it was yeah. being presented as if, wow, that's so inspiring. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't you love America? <laughs> He's yes. walking 23 miles. Yes. And they were like, his boss is so happy. <laughs> and look at the gumption. Aren't we proud of our American worker? Did it, I'm going to guess this ended with someone or someone's buying him a car and everyone oh was God. happy and it was great. Yes. Okay. See, you see how the story goes? Yes. Because, because there, that the versions of that pop up probably three, four times a year. Exactly. And then my question is, who are, who are you writing that story for? Which audience are you writing that story for? Because when I hear something, if I hear a worker is walking 23 miles to work to and from, I think, oh, that's a public policy problem. Where is public transportation? Why is there no public transportation? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Why is the factory located there? but not closer to where he lives. Those are all human decisions being made. So things like that, I get really angry at. So things like that annoy me. And I don't think, and I I wrote the essay quite frankly, because I was like, am I the only one thinking like this? And I wanted to have conversations with other people who might be thinking the same way. And since the essay came out, people have been like, yeah, I'm thinking the same way. And that's been kind of cool. What's a, what's a, a short useful definition of of working class 
Right. So that's also kind of can be like a Rorschach, right? So I, for in my essay, the way I defined it, I defined it as your relationship to power, which can be, it can encompass. Um, so generally working class would be people who are not in managerial positions, right? So any, and that can run the gamut is really large. And I defined it um, there by like what, 62%. And this is like from a stat from the early 2000s from a labor guy who did this analysis um, of Department of Labor um, data. But 62%, uh, but generally defined broadly by your relationship to power and not having power. So anyone not in a managerial position, under. So why, why do you think, I, I, I know when I think of, of class, at least in the U.S. context, it tends to be broken down by you know, salary, right? If you make some mythical amount of money, you're working class, and then a slightly bigger mythical amount of money, you're middle class, and so forth. Why? Why is that more common in in people's minds than relationship to power, which would seem to make more sense? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't. And honestly, I don't know. I don't even have a problem saying I don't know things, but um, I don't know. And I also think that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be by income either. Actually, the thing that we should be looking at is wealth and assets and what people own. So it's not necessarily you can make a lot of money, you can make a lot of income. But quite frankly, if you don't have any assets, that money is going out the door. You know, so it's not that's not the way we should be looking at it at all. And news media generally tends to focus on income, not wealth. When we should be focusing, we should be reporting on wealth, what people are own, their investments, their assets, their homes. Um, but I don't know why we don't focus on power in that way. So something that you uh, speak about in the piece is how uh, there's been sort of a renaissance of bringing a class analysis, but it's been very limited in terms of who gets to share that perspective, specifically the vast majority of people holding down that square are uh, white writers who are speaking from that lens. Do you have any thoughts on why that is and what the ramifications are for that? Man, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think a couple of things. Number one, I I think people write about their experiences um, and what they feel comfortable with, and I'm good with that. I don't expect white, writer, white writers on class to necessarily write about uh, non-white people, right? Or vice versa. That's one. Uh, two, publishing, I mean, it also goes with publishing uh, and who has access to publishing. So that's the other one. I think also, too, though, that within publishing and within journalism, I think that there is demand or there is a box or an expectation that black writers only write about race. And race is defined very specifically as, oh, this happened to me because of my skin color. I find that problematic and I find it limiting. I, find, I feel constrained by that, um, by the notion that I can only show up in publishing if I only write about a particular event um, related to how it affects me by my race. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of black writers face that kind of uh, box. And I think it's, it's often encouraged, maybe not intentionally, but there's a pretty big segment of the left that speaks about class analysis as if it's the alternative or the corrective to identity politics analysis, quote-unquote. Right. right, as though it's an or right. and not an and. Which is what, yeah. I mean, I'm so curious, too, about what both of you have seen. Um, when you look at media and how, how it's covered, how class is covered, like, what have you guys noticed? Um, 
I think when class comes up, it tends to be within that model of uh, we're wondering what the quote-unquote working class is thinking, but it usually means white working class that is thought of as a big part of Trump's base, even though that doesn't actually track with who's voting for Trump. Um, I mean, white males who didn't get a higher education definitely skewed towards Trump, but that's a different question than whether they are working class or more comfortable economically. I remember uh, years ago when I I first started, I'm pretty sure this is is, uh, Noam Chomsky's point, if if I'm misrepresenting, I apologize, but as a way of kind of pointing out the inherent assumptions in media, I think it was him who said, you know, why does every U.S. paper have a business section and not a labor section? And it was such a, a simple but profound question as a, as a way of saying, like, the concerns reflected in media are the concerns of investors and business owners and not the concerns of workers of, of any stripe. I also think, I mean, and I don't know, I'm, I'm curious because y'all are both within media. I also think one of the problems is that people who work in media don't talk about class in the industry. So they don't talk about wealth, their own wealth position. Um, I think it's like uh, a closely guarded secret. And it, the other thing, too, like saying workers, the other thing that I think is interesting is that I think that journalists, um, we don't think of ourselves as workers. We think of ourselves as professionals, air quotes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like workers are those people who do, man- who do manual shit. <laughs> <laughs> Right? right? Those workers are those other people who do those things. We do brain things, so we're professionals, right? Um, and I think that thinking that way helps to undercut any kind of solidarity that could be built um, amongst us as well. And that's, that's another reason I think transparency is good for everyone because it's healthy to get reminders of how many media gatekeepers are in a really elite position that they're not always aware of in their day-to-day. You had uh, an excerpt in your piece of uh, something that I saw at the time and had the same reaction to, of a reaction to uh, the passing of Kate Spade, very tragic loss of Kate Spade in 2018. Um, The New York Times piece described buying a Kate Spade handbag as a coming-of-age ritual for a generation of American women. No, not at all. Which you'd have to live in a very specific part of New York and be in a very specific subset of your generation to see buying a $800 handbag as a coming-of-age ritual everyone goes through. But that's something I see constantly in the media. There was, uh, what's his name, George Stephanopoulos was speaking with his fellow pundits about uh, Elizabeth Warren's uh, plans to tax billionaires, and he was shocked that this would be popular <laughs> with the general with the general public. He said, "Wow, this is really the opinion polls are in favor of this boy." You're that's, kidding? That's really wow. It must be different outside of Manhattan, which was even worse to me because even. In the moment when he's acknowledging that he's out of touch. The world is still Manhattan. He speaks about Manhattan as if all of Manhattan 
are the oh. elites that he hangs out with in Manhattan. Oh, I was gotcha. born and raised in Manhattan right. in a family that was on welfare in the projects. Right. And that, but that, like, he doesn't, even when he's being introspective about his position, he's still oblivious to mm. how he's reifying his elite position and letting that lens color everything he's doing. I feel like there's so much of that yeah. in, in today's media. And there's so much, I mean, we can, I mean, it happens where these things, and I hope people, and I know other pe- people see those things too, where it's like those little, um, those little class where people kind of let you know where they are and where not just where they are, but where you are, right? So like one of the things with these unpaid or low paid internships, these are barriers to in, to entry in our field, right? So the only people who can do these, quite frankly, have wealth, right? They're being subsidized either by their family or they're being subsidized by their spouse. And people don't like to talk about that. People don't like to say, well, actually, my husband's an investment banker. So right. I That's, can. I, I feel like there should be much more transparency. There was a piece about uh, Chase Boudin who just got elected, uh, what is it, district attorney? Uh, yeah, in San Francisco. In San Francisco. A really great progressive activist, Chase Boudin, um, whose parents and family, of course, were a part of the Weather Underground. Some of them have been mm. in prison. So in one of the feature articles about him, they added a disclaimer to the top of the story that said, uh, disclaimer, this reporter also had had a parent who was incarcerated. Really? Which was interesting to me because this reporter grew up on a trust fund or (laughs) this reporter was a legacy (laughs) admission. They don't say that. There's so many other uh, positionings that will color your perspective on a story that aren't going to require a disclaimer from the paper. I just I thought that was really interesting. That is really interesting because it happened, that happened recently too with um, a Washington Post article. A woman wrote, there was a piece that came out either last week or the week before about women, per, women, women's prisons. I can't even say the words. Women's prisons. And kind of um, basically ma- making them comfortable for women, right? So making, say, sanitary pads available and free, for example. And then a whole bunch of things. But in the article, the reporter self-identified as having been incarcerated herself. And I found that interesting because it wasn't germane to the piece. Mm. So it's kind of like, I didn't know that had happened with this example too. But I wondered, I was like, well, why did she have to say that she had been incarcerated? Like, you can report on this issue without having to say that you too were incarcerated and you went through the experience. Like, what was the... Right, but but if you're reporting on tax plans and you don't, neither you nor anyone in your circles is outside of the top tax bracket, that's not something that needs to be acknowledged in your coverage. That's how power works, right? When you can hide it like that. I, I was thinking about some of the stuff you said about, you know, class background and media uh, reminded me of someone who unfortunately passed since the last episode, uh, Noel Ignatiev, uh, founder of Race Trader and the author of How the Irish Became White. He entered academia and I believe his mid to late 40s after 20 years of organizing in factories mm-hmm. and, you know, hard left you know, uh, organizing on, on the factory floor and being 
thrown into you know a doctoral program at Harvard after that background, uh, it's hard to say what leads a person to do something. But I think entering academia with that point of view certainly had something to do with him starting Race Trader and writing How the Heirs Became White and thinking about whiteness and politics in such what were to me stunningly unique and, and important ways. I think that he, I mean, I think I, somebody out there in the chat will correct me. I think that he went into that program. He might have been in his 50s even. I don't mm. even think he was in his 40s. And I think that he's also, he's. He, I mean, and I, listen, I grew up with my uncle. Um, people in my family did not have college degrees. But I grew up with my uncle reading the encyclopedia. I remember my uncle would literally sit down and read the encyclopedia, like turning the page. And I <laughs> used to be like, and I started to mimic him. I, I, I read early as well. But he was a, a working class. This guy was also, Ignatiev was also a working class intellectual, right? Like, you know, he, it was, I don't, I don't, it makes sense to me that he went into that Harvard doctoral program. He didn't have, what he did not have at the time was a bachelor's degree. So it was interesting that he got in because mm -hmm. of that. Um, but his experience on the factory floor and, and organizing workers, trying to organize um, workers across class lines so that they could fight for common interests, that's what led him to write um, how the Irish became white. How to, that's what led him to be so interested in the power of whiteness and what Du Bois called the wages of whiteness. What the what white the benefits that white men in particular, white working class men and poor men took from being white. Right, the exchange that was made. Um, I was just looking at his stuff today because I'm also so. Um, he's definitely for me someone who. Um, influences my work and my thinking mm -hmm. um, and I'm definitely someone who thinks for example I think that in newsrooms I think that there should be training around whiteness I think that should be standard I think that every major journalism conference that should be provided and that makes sense to me because and I think sometimes I think because I'm an immigrant I look at things a little bit differently but this country is so um is so based on residential segregation, right? Like it's just so like seated into mm -hmm. the, the infrastructure. Yeah. So the notion that you can come out of your majority white suburb or majority white school and then you don't need to examine that, I, I find that to be weird. Yeah, as, as a side note, I noticed every presidential candidate using a term when when talking they they say the term communities of color as if it's a thing that fell out of the sky and doesn't have to do with like you said residential segregation right that they are also a part of too right right right, right. there's no there's no thinking about systems <laughs> Go, going back to your original story about this man having to walk 23 miles to and from work um you know martin luther king said uh it's all well and good to give to a beggar, but at some point you have to step back and see that a system that uh, creates beggars needs restructuring. And we, I think we need more journalism that asks, what is the system that allows someone to have to walk 23 miles to and from work? And, instead of being happy that we got that one a car. Yeah. Thank you. So you heard it there from Carla Murphy, and you can check out her piece, Why... We need a working class media at Descent. 
magazine.org. Uh, is there anywhere else people can keep in touch with your work in general? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter, Carla Murphy. Um, I always reply, and you can always uh, send me a note. I like to hear from people. I definitely want to hear what you're thinking. And we are going to get into some more music for you, the people. We have a brand new show.